Hello, and welcome back to the second episode of Prison Perspective, where we explore the impact of this country's prison and criminal justice systems through the lens of people with firsthand experience. I again want to remind listeners that the purpose of this podcast is to showcase each guest's unique experience and perspective, and I acknowledge and appreciate that there are a multitude of viewpoints regarding this topic. Today, I'm joined by an anonymous guest who is here to share a bit of her story. So, as with any good story, we will start at the beginning. Welcome to Prison Perspective, and could you please tell us a bit about your childhood? Um, I'm going to be sharing some perspective about my brother's experience as well as my experience in relation to his experience. Um, So, growing up, I feel like I'm the youngest of four, and we had some clear differences between my brother and the rest of us three. And um, I feel like it was never intentional, but it always felt like he was the other or he was, you know, during elementary school, we would all do really great and have great grades and great relationships with our teachers. And he didn't. Um, So early on, I could tell that there was some experience that made him feel less than um, the rest of us three siblings, um, and intentional, nobody was trying to put him down. Um, but I think he kind of grew up with a chip on his shoulder feeling like he, you know, was less than his siblings or, um, you know what I'm trying to say. So, um, I definitely think that growing up together, um, we were friendly, we would play just like any other kids. Um, but you could always tell that something was bothering him or he compared himself. Um, and it really, really took a toll on him academically. I think one of the um, bas- biggest experiences that he faced as a young child was he got held back in the second grade. Um, and that separation from his friends and his peers um, just instilled that mentality of, oh, I'm, I'm less than. Um, my friends, my siblings, you know, whatever it might be. Um, And I think that was really tough for him. And I think that it took a toll on his self-esteem and um, it kind of shut him down to other people, especially those that he compared himself to. So um, my personal experience growing up, you know, I feel like we have and Um, certainly had a lot of privilege and opportunity given to us from an early age. Both of us were highly involved in sports and clubs, and we were able to do a lot of the things um, that we wanted to do. And I feel really grateful and lucky for that opportunity. I know my brother, his main sport was hockey, and he was able to um, have a lot of friends and really excel in hockey. He was better than my oldest brother, which is, you know... um, like I said, it was pretty competitive, always comparing ourselves to each other. And so the fact that he was, you know, better than my oldest brother, who is two years older than him on the hockey team, um, I think gave him some confidence. And he really made it his main sport and his main activity. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as you guys got older, did you notice that sort of like that sibling camaraderie was like fading in any ways or was it? more drastically different than the relationships between you and your other two siblings? Yeah, I definitely think 
that I'm I was closer at the time with my oldest brother than I was with him um my second oldest brother sorry I'm trying to differentiate between the two um and so I feel like he noticed that and he um that was just another barrier that kind of pushed him away um and I know that through his experience in hockey he had some severe concussions mm-hmm. which um can affect at a, at a young age can affect your brain development and how you um can handle certain situations. So I definitely noticed that as we entered our high school experience, we were both at at high school together. I definitely realized that he started to have more um, aggressive behaviors and was hard to get along with, so to speak. He, he was, um, you know, easily riled up. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything that bothered him, he was zero to 10 really quick. Um, and would get really flustered and didn't really know how to handle his emotions. And I, in my adult life now, think a lot of that had to do with his severe concussions that he had sort of back-to-back throughout his time playing hockey. Mm. Um, I'm no medical doctor, so. (laughs) Yeah, was there ever a point, like, is there kind of one set moment where maybe you and your family were like, oh, maybe the situation with your brother was like, getting pretty bad or did it just kind of slowly develop and evolve? Um, I think he started having, so beyond high school to a trade school um, to become a welder. And again, my other siblings and I went off to four-year colleges and um, things like that. And that was another thing um, I think really highly of professions that go through trade schools and things like that but he sort of once again distanced himself and said you know I'm here and you guys are there and I think that was tough for him so when he left the house to go to this school he started dealing with some really severe substance problems and at that point I think it was clear in my family and our all of our minds that you know something (laughs) bad was looming Um, and things certainly got way worse after that point okay so do you remember how you felt when you first learned that your brother was going to prison um I definitely wasn't surprised Mm -hmm. um as as unfortunate as that is there was some other legal things throughout his high school and um beyond that you know, certainly pointed in the direction that he was going down a, a path that was kind of uncontrollable. Mm. Um, so at first, I just remember feeling really angry. And I didn't understand the impact of what it really meant. I guess I was kind of naive, like, oh, it's just another instance. And, you know, my parents will bail him out. And, and that'll be that. And we'll just move on. Um, but really, this, this was the breaking point. Um, And it wasn't going to be as easy as I thought it was initially. Um, Mm. And that was really tough for me because then I started feeling like, I don't know, one straw too far, if you know what I mean. Um, So at first I was kind of in denial and upset with him. And then it became more, wow, this is going to change our family forever. Um, And more of like a grieving feeling rather than a, anger 
if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So when you say it was going to change your family forever, do you know if your other family members were like feeling that same way at that time? How was like the mood in your family? It was uncomfortable. Um, I know my siblings and I kind of felt like um, we told you so, you know, um, mm. and my parents more felt a protective nature towards him and you know obviously upset and more um, fragile emotionally and thinking I think of him as an adult and how could he make these decisions and they think of him as their baby their son um, who we are supposed to protect and I think they felt a lot of guilt Um, not to say that that guilt was you know valid but they did hold a lot of guilt and were very um like sorrow filled (laughs) yeah so at first did you go visit and talk to him yep um so this is when I was in college and I was in close proximity to home so I was able to go see him every other Thursday with my parents and it was a long Hall. So mm-hmm. he spent time in the county jail for, um, I think, just over two years. Him every other Thursday, um, and that really took a toll on his mental health and his spirit. Um, it was a really extremely difficult time for my parents, um, and we were actually never able to see him physically. So it was through a phone call and a video screen which we're all very used to now but um at the time it felt very impersonal and um as the months days and years progressed it felt like you could see his spirit defeating he got extremely he was always really pale uh, never had much facial hair or you know hair on top of his head so um it just didn't look like my brother and I think that was probably by far the worst experience um seeing him like that that sounds incredibly difficult and how did it affect you outside of when you would go talk to him like in your school and personal life I basically had two lives I would not tell any of my friends Um, I had just started dating my partner, and I think he was the only person who I shared any details with. Um, But beyond that, I just completely blocked it out of my mind. (laughs) It's the only way I coped with it at the time. Um, And I think I've come full circle now, being able to talk about it um, with my friends and things like that. And a lot of that has come from his development, too. Um, I'm way more proud of him and proud to be his sister than I was at the time um, so early on. So I think I was more feeling ashamed slash people aren't going to understand. And it's always a bigger story than to say, you know, in just a couple of words and passing to somebody. And I just didn't have the ability to do that at the time. So I definitely felt like I had two separate lives. Yeah, so with that feeling of shame, there's definitely a lot of stigma around incarceration. And I 
do you think that that was like a big part of that worried about facing that stigma and not wanting to like have people view you a certain way because of the actions of your brother or even have them judge your brother before having ever met him yep I think you hit the nail on the head exactly in that sentence and um it was extremely difficult for me because I feel like I was thrown into it abruptly um you know everybody always says you don't know until you know and that's how I felt and I think prior to this experience I had I had my own stigmas about people who are incarcerated or the prison system and I just really felt like oh it's just a group of really bad guys and girls um and I now have come to know that that's just not the case um and people are more than just one instance they're an entire life of experiences and situations um and circumstances that are usually out of their control and um I think that's one of the biggest realizes realizations I've taken away from this and it's hard to convey that to people who are either unwilling to hear about it um uneducated about the topic or you know just set in their ways you know the ways that they think and I was afraid to have those with my friends because I think I knew that it would show who their true colors are one way or the other Um, and now I just am at a place in my life where I don't have space for negativity and I'm more confident sharing and discussing things because I I feel a certain way and if other people are bringing that down I'm not interested in continuing to engage in that does that make sense yeah I think that that's like pretty much exactly why we want to have these conversations and why we want to be vulnerable just like you're being right now because a lot of people don't have the firsthand experience that you need to actually be able to get a full understanding of just how complex this system is. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to how you're talking about how he just, your brother seemed to kind of just be in decline and seemed like he was, it sounded like he was almost just giving up. Mm-hmm. Like I know that mental health is a huge factor Um, like in how people end up in prisons and how they um, can be more likely to return to criminal behavior upon release and just never be able to fully heal. So was he receiving any sort of treatment for his mental health issues? So um, he was charged or not charged. He was convicted or I don't know the exact wording. He was not Mm -hmm. convicted or found guilty on many of his charges but the ones that he had against him early on made it such that he was um in a in a cell by himself for about two years um and I think that there was some issues with the things that he was facing that um prevented him certain privileges like being able to attend groups and Um, really stay active and things like that. He was really limited on his um, time during the day where he was out of his cell, Um, which makes me, I mean, I feel sick to my stomach right now just talking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that 
they really treated him as guilty until proven innocent rather than innocent until proven guilty, um, which is what yeah. we've been taught and, and heard about. But it, he really had the reverse experience. Um, in those two years, he um, had a lot of things that were either delayed or pushed back. Um, and it really extended time in the county jail, which um, which was really tough. Yeah, and I think that it's really insightful to how you say, like, it's a privilege to be able to interact with other people. And as we've learned over the last year, we need human interaction. Mm -hmm. And, like, now that he's out, have you ever talked to him about how, like, does he feel his life could have been different if maybe he had been able to just talk to actual people and interact with you guys in a more human way? Um, I've never asked him that, and I think... I have, I mean, we both have some reservations and my family entirely has reservations about talking about those two years um, openly with him. And I, I think it's just mm-hmm. so difficult um, to even think about that I haven't had those conversations. Once he was moved to a different facility where he, you know, had a lot of freedom and privileges and it was, it was, you know, post his trial and we knew his outcome um, and where he was going to be, it was way more positive. And that was like three of the mm-hmm. total five years. So that was more recent. And I think um, when I've talked to him about that, we've had a way more comfortable time talking and it's been positive. And he, you know, didn't completely hate his time and he grew a lot and he learned a lot and he was um, interacting with people. He made friends Um, so I think that that just goes to show that, you know, what you're speaking to, but I've never just outright asked him. Um, like I said, it's kind of painful to think about and to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Is it a conversation that you think you'd maybe like to have, or is it something that's better left in the past? I think I'll probably leave it in the past, you know? Um, yeah, but he, where he is now is an indicator of exactly what you're saying, that it was more beneficial to um, surround himself with people and classes and opportunities to grow rather than completely alone like he was those two years, those initial two years. Yeah. So with the last three years, do you think that there were good programs in the facility where he was that like were able to kind of help get him back on his feet and help prepare him for success? Of course I do. He was actually, since the crime that he was charged with was between the ages of 18 and 21, he was eligible for a phenomenal facility. Um, It was a youthful facility. And he, so he was with an age group that was similar to his own. um, Mm -hmm. And he was able to work as the head groundsman which is pretty cool he was very proud of his job and he was outside doing a number of projects for the facility um for a large large part of the day as well as taking you know substance abuse classes and um all sorts of stuff that really um gave him the tools necessary to um not only have self-control self-advocacy, but also the ability to reflect and 
control his emotions better and um just talking with him he finally felt like he's found you know somewhere where he like things that he can excel at like post his experience in the prison system to now he has a job he has a lot of um, pride in he has a that he works at every week Um, he also you know works on cars frequently and things like that so he has a lot of pride in his life and I feel like he seems like he has a lot of purpose and meaning Um, I've always known it my family's always known it but it's now something he sees and I think taking those courses um, and really learning how to reflect and noticing you know his errors and trying to move past them is something that um, he certainly mastered because of his situation. Yeah. And so we're, we're really grateful that he didn't have a different facility and that he was able to go to this youthful offender facility. Yeah. So now that he's had all these opportunities to kind of improve his relationship with himself, how do you think like the relationship between you and your brother and then him and your family, has that improved as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I frequently, so when he was at this other facility, it was further away. Um, so we only got to see mm-hmm. him. My parents went every single month and then I was going every other month. Um, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, three hours there and back. So it was a huge time yeah, commitment. Well. Um, and even then I could tell that our relationship was growing closer. And um, now that he's out, I frequently call and text him, you know, daily Um, I see him at family functions and instead of it being that awkwardness of before where we're all like waiting for this explosion (laughs) to go off, um, he's now like an active member of our family. He helps, um, he helps out a lot. He's, you know, always available if I need something at my house that he can help me with. He's very, um, he's got a mechanical brain and can fix just about anything. So, um, You know, I can, I really now when I think of him, I think of reliable and helpful and thoughtful and things like that where, you know, ask me that same question eight years ago, I don't know what I would have said. Um, So I definitely think our, our relationship has improved. And I think um, overall, he's kind of smoothed things over with my siblings, Um, not to say that they, you know, are... um, less swayed than I am but they um, definitely had some reservations and I think now that's in the past and we're all just ready to to move forward and continue helping him feel like he's a successful person yeah so when you like reflect on the past and these feelings of anger and I think that your feelings of anger were probably justified but now that like you've gone through so much and so has your brother and you've like had all these opportunities to grow together. Like what's changed from your initial realization to now your perspective on just like yourself, your brother, do you think like it could have been able to change so much had you not gone through these really difficult times? That's a really great question. Um, I do think the anger has developed more into an understanding of his whole situations and circumstances in his life. 
Um, and I now am able to see the full picture. And I, I know he accepts blame and responsibility. And I know to a degree he should. Um, and I also know to a degree there were a lot of things in his life that led up to this instance. And mm-hmm. so I think rather than anger, I have understanding. And I don't know that I would have gotten to that place without this experience. And I don't know that he would have changed for the better without this experience. Um, I just think that it could have been easier and we could still have a better outcome. I mean, by no means am I saying let's redo it exactly the same way. No, that's (laughs) not what I mean. I mean, um, he needed help and he finally got it. But it took five years and a whole lot of hurt um, and it could have been, it could have been achieved in a different way. Um, and I don't know that I know those resources, but I'm sure they're out there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important note because you've had these experiences and you've gone through these tough times and obviously nobody would want to relive them, but there's a lot of people who are so far away from experiences such as yours that they can't really see the human aspect of them. So I thank you so much for telling your story and taking the time to talk to me. And do you have any final messages that you want to leave listeners with? Um, I appreciate the platform to be able to share my experience. And I know that my experience is not unique, unfortunately. Um, so I just would encourage anybody to Um, listen with open ears and you know never come to some something with an assumption or judgment before you know most of the story that's certainly some advice I would tell myself in the past and now that I'm at this place in my life um, I'm happy to to know that and share that with others so I appreciate being a part of this yeah All right. This has been the second episode of Prison Perspective. And thank you so much for being here to share your story. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Prison Perspective.